Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 8 of the A1 Auto Body Podcast. Today I have on Miranda Bender and Laura Lysecheck, better known as the Broker Babes. If you like what you hear, you can find them on Instagram, at Broker Babes. And we're going to be talking about trucking. Trucks, photo shoots, traveling, the whole jam. So, I hope you, uh, I hope you like what you hear. Thank you very much, and, uh... Let's get this party started. How's it going, everybody? Today I am here with the broker babes, Laura Lysecheck and Miranda Bender. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? I am Miranda. Hi, I'm Laura. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problem. It's, uh, I really appreciate you coming on with me and talking with me. Um, of course. It's surprisingly difficult to get people to come on this thing. Like, I probably send out 100 emails a week <laughs> trying to get people to come on this thing. <laughs> you know, Just, it can be a little intimidating. You got to really put yourself out there. So I get that. Yeah, my mom is pretty much the only person who listens to it. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> my mom will be the one listening to this. Yeah. I can't wait. Tell her if she wants to be on it, then all she has to do is give me a call. <laughs> Maybe you'll have the mother of the broker babes next. <laughs> um, so I've been following your guys' account for a little bit, and you guys seem to have a pretty awesome job in life. Um, you are always in beautiful locations, hanging out with beautiful trucks. Um, how did you guys kind of get into this business? It seems like kind of a weird like, I don't want to say you guys don't look like the stereotypical, like, trucking girls, you know what I mean? But, you know, <laughs> so, like, how, how did you go from doing whatever you guys were doing to meeting um, to brokering deals between company to what do you guys, I apologize, we should probably backtrack. I didn't realize before how like the trucking industry worked as far as like brokering is concerned. So why don't you start by just telling us how that works exactly? Okay. So freight brokering is essentially um, an individual like, you know, Miranda and myself or an agency that cold calls different, you know, shippers of any kind being manufacturers, distributors, um, you know, just a variety of thing and trying to sell our services to try to um, share our network of carriers and match with their available freight. Um, it's kind of a process of calling, building the relationship between ourselves and whoever manages the shipments and the inbound and outbound freight for whatever company we're trying to work with. Um, you know, start with initial pricing, uh, available capacity of whatever equipment they're needing. Um, and then from there, hopefully they like our pricing and, you know, want to give us a shot with our service. And we reach out to our network of um, carriers that we've built relationships with over the years and negotiate pricing with them. And, um, you know, the final deal is, you know, us negotiating a price with both the customer and the carrier, um, kind of as the middleman, we deal with all the communication and tracking throughout the movement of the shipments, um, provide the backup paperwork when everything's delivered, um, handle the invoicing, and 
Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of sums it up. <laughs> that, that sounds actually way more. So I kind of thought like you called a trucker and you were like, hey, we got this load for you to pick up. And then they drove and got it. And then that was it. <laughs> like I, it's um, funny that's when I, it works once it's like a well-oiled machine like once you have consistent lanes of freight that you're moving with the same customer and you find the carriers and drivers that are also you know wanting to move that freight for you uh, that specific route consistently then yes it definitely works like that where you can just call them up and be like hey I have another you know Los Angeles to Phoenix on Tuesday do you want me to send it over you want to take it Um, And, you know, usually if they have their equipment available, they'll say yes. And the rate has already been predetermined. And, um, you know, definitely that's the ideal situation, but it doesn't start off like that. So how did it start off? Like when you guys first decided to go into this, how did you how did you get to that point? Yeah, so it takes a lot of work. First, starting out, the main objective is to gain business with manufacturers and companies needing to move their products. So when you're first starting out, you're trying to build up your book, you're cold calling, you're hitting the phones, you're email blasting, you know, you're searching for any kind of company, any sort of person that needs to get their freight moved. From there, you know, you can establish a relationship with the customer. It's sales, essentially. So with any sort of sales job, you know, you really have to grind and put the work in to be able to have that, you know, connection with the customer and want to get them to continuously ship with you. Um, From there, you can really start to build up your book and your relationships with your carriers based on what lanes and what shipments you're consistently moving. So for instance, our primary customers move a lot of Pacific Northwest. So we have a lot of carriers that we work with on a daily basis that are in that area. It's kind of broken up by region, but definitely when you're first getting started, you know, it's about finding the customers. It's about finding the manufacturers, the people that need to move their product. Um, just kind of go on from there. So do you guys operate within a certain region or are you can are you able to operate like anywhere in America? So we move throughout all of the first 48 and then also into Canada as well. Uh, we don't do intra-Canada, which means we cannot move um, one place from Canada to another, but we can do cross-border. Uh, we pretty much move shipments in every state we just obviously have larger accounts and larger customers in particular areas uh but i mean we've moved stuff from everywhere i would say we're pretty good at the map and geography of the united states (laughs) (laughs) that's um that's probably pretty important for your job huh (laughs) yes definitely so yeah (laughs) So mostly you said that your like main area is kind of the Pacific Northwest. You yeah, guys... the Western United States in general. Okay. And you guys live in Arizona. So how did you like, it's just, I guess. It... So the weird thing is, is I've worked with trucks now for 12 years um, and just like kind of the scale of the whole thing just kind of never really hit me. Like, I work on this truck and I sand it and I paint it and then it just kind of goes away and does whatever it's going to do. Right. Um, But I never really thought about like the whole kind of 
system that must be in place to make sure that these trucks are kind of moving and going to the right places at the right time. Um, like, how did you, it must be an intimidating thing to just kind of jump into. Yeah, well, um, you know, we both got started with a logistics company and did inside sales. Um, neither one of us had much experience or really knew anything about logistics or supply chain prior. Um, just kind of looking for a new opportunity. And um, along with the hiring process came a full month of training, um, just kind of teaching us some background on in the industry. Um, you know, the basics, the different types of equipment, how to cold call, how to close a sale. Um, but really, you know, as, as the years went on, different experience, moving different types of freight on different equipment with different customers, um, you know, we're learning every day and we definitely love, you know, continuing to learn and um, kind of hit new uh, aspects of the business and, you know, just learning new things about logistics in general. I'm literally the worst salesperson of all time. I've never met anyone um, who is worse at sales than me. <laughs> I'm, I pretty much will, like, if I'm in a situation, this is why they don't, this is why nobody lets me sell anything. Because I'm pretty much the kind of person who will just, I would rather than even, I don't even like to talk about money. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'll just be like, I'll just kind of like vaguely insinuate that I'm going to get paid, but then never really like put down a number. And then at the end, I'll usually just say, you know what? Don't worry about it. I did it for free. That's fine. I'll do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sales is is a really tough job. You definitely have to have the skill and be able to talk and sell yourself. I mean, there's so much competition when it comes to this industry and brokers um, in particular that, you're really selling yourself. I mean, everybody kind of has the same sort of equipment. It's all across the board. What sets you apart is, you know, your skill, your organization, your follow-up, you know, the tracking, making sure that you do have adequate carriers coming in. So with any sales job, you know, there's a lot of competition. So you definitely have to stand out. And I do think, you know, us being women, when we first started, actually, we both met at a logistics company. That's where her and I became friends. We worked at the same 3PL, which is a third party logistics company and working in inside sales. And I would say, you know, we were probably some of the only women within the company, especially in sales. There's definitely women in the HR and, you know, in the operations and doing some of the tracking. But as far as the sales, you know, few and far between. Um, And a lot of people think that that might deter us or not get us the business or people might not take us as serious when, in fact, I feel personally, and I know Laura does as well, that we got just as many opportunities, if not more, you know, people want to see us succeed. And because we do stand out as women and we do know what we're talking about, that has a lot to do with it. I feel, you know, that really boosted our sales and boosted our margins, our revenues, our customers. I think in the end, you know, working in a male dominated industry, we actually stand out. Um, It doesn't hinder us in any way, which I find really interesting and exciting. I think more women, you know, should, you know, find those industries that seem more male dominated um, because there is a lot of opportunity there. I think that's a really interesting point. Um, it's never a bad thing to stand out in your industry, even um, 
you know, I mean, you don't want to stand out as like a loser or anything. Or, like, <laughs> someone is really, <laughs> really bad. It's never a bad thing to to look different or um, you know bring a different vibe or you know whatever. There's always going to be. I mean, essentially, you guys probably sell to like one percent of the truckers on earth right so you only need to get one percent of that not even close not even we work with the same carriers all the time that's uh, part of what makes us successful is consistency and working with the same you know people over and over um but i mean you just need such a small slice of that market that you really only have to you know if you can impress you know a hundred people out of you know a million then that's pretty good odds. <laughs> you only need to impress a hundred people. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you got a you got a hundred clients shipping consistently. You're doing well. You're taking home a good check. A hundred. You're, like, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Is there anything that drew you specifically to this, or was it just kind of like a freak accident that you ended up there? Like honestly, for me, it was kind of a freak accident. I was, you know, a recently separated single mom of two kids, and just kind of was staying home and work, you know, working part-time, but essentially a stay-at-home mom. And then, um, you know, just kind of found myself in a situation where I needed to find something and quick. Um, I had graduated from ASU, but hadn't used my degree yet and didn't have have much, you know, work experience other than a couple internships um, while I was attending college. So it was kind of, you know, one of the first uh, opportunities that came my way when I was needing a job, like, you know, immediately. And um, turns out that as I've learned over the years, I've really, you know, taken a great interest in logistics and now love it and definitely have found my career path and, you know, just can't wait to like expand on what we've already started here. Yeah, and I have a similar background as far as getting into logistics. I mean, to be quite frank, I didn't even know what logistics was when I applied for this job. Um, I started my professional career working in hospitality, uh, ran a resort on the Colorado River, did that for quite a few years, um, and just knew ultimately that it wasn't, for me, it wasn't something I wanted to do consistently. That particular job was seven days a week, you know, 24 hours, essentially, I lived at the resort. Um, so, you know, I, I left that industry, I kind of traveled a bit, went to Thailand, Costa Rica, then said, hey, you know, I need some money. What am I doing? <laughs> so I ended up applying for this job, not quite sure what it was. They told me, you know, you could be in operations, or you could be in sales. I said, which one made more money? So they put me in sales and actually I ended up sitting beside Laura. She was my mentor throughout, you know, my whole career there um, and really just shaped, you know, everything that I kind of know today. And we just became great friends. So yeah, both of us kind of got into it on accident and by luck and just so happens that, you know, it's a fascinating industry. It's constantly changing. It's, just something that is extremely interesting to us. So we really did get lucky with that one. I would say so. That's uh, that's like quite the. Oh, I'm at, I can't remember what the word is, but that's quite the coincidence that you guys just kind of ended up next to each other. Yeah, well, I was on a sales team for I want to say about a year, and I was the only woman on the team for that entire time, and so. 
anytime there was a new sales class coming in about to start training, I would, you know, ask my manager, like any women, any girls, anyone you could put next to me, I need a new friend, you know, and <laughs> then, you know, Miranda came along. And so we, you know, became like really close really quickly. And um, our relationship has grown from there. Yeah, long story short, I mean, we're business partners, we're roommates, we're best friends. I mean, we're pretty much attached at the hip. <laughs> that's an, that's really awesome. Like, I can even tell just from talking to you guys for the short time um, that I have that you guys, I mean, you guys, like, finish each other's sentences, and you guys, like, you guys are super adorable. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, we really get along well. We both have a similar vibe. We're very chill. You know, we're homebodies. So in that regard, we just get along. Um, and so that's obviously helped us in business and in our, you know, friendship. Um, I, you just were talking about how you went to Costa Rica and uh, where was it? Thailand? Correct. And you went to China. So I wouldn't exactly call you guys homebodies. <laughs> <laughs> I stay home 350 days out of the year. <laughs> I did see you guys. (laughs) What were you guys doing in China? I saw you guys were there not that long ago. Well, I was there on just a vacation. I spent three days in Hong Kong, um, but I absolutely love just observing the logistics and the trucking um, in general when I was there. Um, A lot of small straight trucks, I'd say, you know, 20 feet, maybe 30 feet max in the city. Um, all of the trucks were like team drivers and they would stop legitimately like double parked at a red light, both hop out, pull all the, you know, the pallets off like quickly. The one guy would load them up onto some sort of, um, I just like a big cart, like a very wide cart, like industrial heavy duty and would make the pallet deliveries like through the streets on the cart while the other driver would pop <laughs> back in and try to drive away without like stopping the traffic or pissing off the people that they like, you know, block their car in. Um, so it was just fascinating, just like how quick paced everything was. I mean, even being there as a tourist, like the buses would stop at a red light, like not even pulled over anywhere, just in the lane. And there would be people with the bus company like waving you like run run get on and the, <laughs> the stoplights would count down most of them were 90 seconds so you would see like the panic in people's eyes when it was like oh five four three two and you got one foot still on the curb you know and it's like it's crazy like the city was so fast-paced but I just loved you know seeing all the containers at the port like just driving through and then you know just watching how different it is, you know, making the LTL deliveries, like nothing like, you know, what we see here in the US. So I absolutely love that trip. And I can't wait to travel to more countries and, you know, observe what I see there as well. Um, so you were in Hong Kong. So um, do you normally see kind of like short, short haul like that, like where they're just kind of going within the town or city? Um, do you guys broker those kinds of deals? Or do you only broker long we do it all. We do it all. <laughs> like, we um, do it all. In regards to Hong Kong specifically, it's just such a crowded city. Um, so many vehicles, you know, buses, like shuttles, cars, like everything, taxis, so many taxis. 
um, that they just don't have, they don't allow larger trailers or I just, I didn't see a single one the whole time I was there. They were all the small box truck deliveries. That's just what they load up from the port and the warehouses uh, by the port. Oh, wow. I didn't even, I didn't even think about how hard it would probably be for, to like maneuver a big truck in, yeah, and no docks anywhere. Definitely no docks. There's no, <laughs> no fifty-three foot dry vans getting down those roads. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah, so fascinating. I mean, that's something that we'd love to share with our followers as well. We love to travel, and since we are so engaged with our followers, and you know, we do want to definitely share our experiences about the transportation in other countries. That is something that is extremely fascinating to us. Um, your Instagram, since you brought it up, oh yeah, just so you know, I'm like super, I'm all over the place. I have a very hard time focusing on one thing, so <laughs> no I apologize if, if I'm all over the place. Um, your Instagram is super interesting, I think, because it's kind of like, it's almost like little photo shoots or something that you guys do. Yeah, so actually, we just started posting this year, so... Our job in itself, oh, really? I didn't... we're behind a computer, we're on the phones, we're not really engaging with a whole lot of people. So for us, we're both very creative people. The Instagram was actually more of a creative outlet, something for us to, you know, engage with the drivers and just engage with our followers and go out there and do these like crazy photo shoots. So, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely fun. But yeah, we just started re- recently posting towards the end of January and we've received so much positive feedback that you know it's really inspiring we want to keep going and producing you know fun content so how does that work do you just kind of go to a go to a lot and approach truck drivers and ask them to take pictures in front of their trucks yeah i mean essentially (laughs) when you you put it like that I just want to put it out there right now. We are not lot lizards, so no commenting that on our own. No. Um, and we're also not drivers. We, we get asked constantly if we drive, and we'd always try to make it clear we're just, we're freight brokers. Uh, we're we truck drive. enthusiasts. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, we've gone to a bunch of places between California and Arizona. We've been to quite a few places, and... Um, I mean, they're a little off the wall. Like when we do a photo shoot, there is no like really plan to it. And that's what makes it fun and unique. You never know like what trucks and equipment you're going to find. We're constantly meeting like the craziest, coolest drivers. We're meeting some of our drivers Um, and just going out there. I mean, some of these trucks, well, a lot of these trucks, you know, the owners of these, these vehicles, or the owners of the companies, I mean, they take such pride in their equipment. And I'm sure any like truck driver, that's just something that is so important to them. So, I mean, these trucks are works of art and that's what we're really trying to display on our page. You know, yes, we're in the photo, but the, but the primary focus is the truck is the equipment. And um, it's just been really fun. I mean, we go to all kinds of truck stops and just talk to people, see where they're going, what are they hauling, Um, and talk to them about their equipment it's really really interesting but it's definitely uh, no plan we have no idea what to expect at these shoots hopefully you don't go by yourself (laughs) we had a buddy system system built-in buddy (laughs) buddy Um, system we haven't ran into like any sort of unsafe environments i mean we're pretty responsible and for the most part you know the people are 
really awesome. Yeah, uh, it's like we love meeting the drivers and half the time they're, you know, offering to take photos of us or hand, you know, one love their it. camera to be used for some photos so that they have them for their personal collection. They love it. So I like, mean, there's such a stigma around like truck driving and just in general, people that are in the transportation industry you know, really don't feel this way, but I feel like it's everybody else, you know, there's such a stigma that it's a subpar profession. And in reality, I mean, truckers make great money. They have great starting salaries. And a lot of these people are just awesome. So for us to be able to go out and meet these people and share their stories and, you know, talk about their equipment and feature their trucks on our page. I mean, we really just want to spread that positivity, you know, put it out there for people to see. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. I don't think enough people do see um, kind of that side of that side of the industry, because like I said, as someone who like I worked on trucks, my for most of my or all of my adult life, I worked on trucks um, and I had literally no idea how any of this works. So I can't imagine what the average person must they just must not have any clue at all what is going on like how there any of their stuff gets to them you should you should see us on thanksgiving trying to explain what we do to our family so true yeah they don't get it what do you do years and years later (laughs) Uh, it is really fascinating you know everything that you see around you it had to transport from somewhere and to be a part of that it is special and that's another reason why we really truly enjoy working in this industry um, it's awesome. Um, so what do you guys think about the electric and the um, automated systems that are, I know it seems like everybody's kind of on edge about them. Um, there's a lot of talk about them. What do you guys think? I personally don't think the automated ones will ever go through. Um, just a semi-truck can do so much damage. And it's like one major accident and it's over. I mean, we've already seen you know, with the self-driving cars, everything come to an, a halt with, you know, deaths and stuff with pedestrians crossing. Um, but more so than the safety aspect, I just think that a shipment going from point A to point B, a lot of times there's issues and whether it be detention or a crane offload being delayed or damaged product or, you know, just there's a million different things that, you know, you need a human to be able to call when there's a problem um, and have a team that's working together, whether it be the consignee and the carrier and the broker, or however, you know, the communication needs to be handled. There needs to be people assigned to every shipment and there needs to be a driver that can answer calls and explain if there's traffic and if they're delayed, if they're going to miss an Amazon delivery appointment, et cetera. Yeah, I think the automation, you know, there's already warehouses and things where the loading aspect is automated. I mean, there's um, like Niagara Water, for example, they have fully um, robotic operated warehouses where there's not even a soul in there. And I think that aspect of automation, like doing the loading, I mean, there's always damages and things like that, but... I think that is smart in a way. Anything that you can automate technology, I mean, it's it's obviously moving in that direction. But I would have to agree with Laura with the self-driving trucks. I just don't foresee, at least in our 
career span that that's going to like take over a huge part of our business and we're going to like lose our ass. I, I really did not see that happening. <laughs> it must be creepy to go into a giant building just full of robots and like no people. <laughs> they just back up to the dock and like the, the stuff gets loaded and you know. Start of a horror movie. It, it yeah, is. right? Like who tells you where how to go to the, like where to go to the bathroom and stuff? You just wander around in there until you find it? Or... <laughs> I mean, we haven't been to one personally, but we've had horror stories from drivers saying like, never send me to this warehouse again. <laughs> um, and what about the electric, electric trucks? Do you see those? Um, have you guys done any work with those or? We have one company that we work with that we've moved freight for them, but we haven't utilized their equipment. It's uh, they're based in California. They're making an electric truck or they do have them out there. I mean, I, I'm not too, you know, sure. I mean, I feel like truck drivers, they, they want their diesel and (laughs) they love their trucks, but uh, any advancements within the, you know, electric trucks coming about, I don't think that's going to hurt in any way. But it's also where would they put all the charging stations, you know, for cross country hauls? Right. I just feel like that'd be a huge expense. I mean, right now I only see them at like high end, you know, grocery stores and shopping markets and stuff like that. But, you know, along every freeway in the U.S., that just seems outrageous and costly and, um, you know, maybe down the road. But again, I don't see that within, you know, our career span and logistics, like really taking off. From what I've heard, the the plan that most, not so much the companies that buy are buying them, but the companies that are selling electric cars and trucks are saying that um, trucks will be used for like electric trucks will be used for short haul, um, and then long haul will still be diesel. I mean, it okay. makes sense. It does make sense. We'll see. I just wanted. To, I'm just curious. I always like to ask that because it is such a. I feel like it's such a big thing right now. Um, and so many people are talking about it. I always like to try and get as many opinions on something as I can. Cool. Um, so you said you travel a lot. Or, well, you said I said you travel a lot. You said you travel eight days out of the year, which I think is a lie. But <laughs> um, are there any big future plans for you guys? Yes, we have an upcoming Europe trip. We leave that very end of June and we'll be gone for a couple weeks. We're going to be in Spain, Greece, and Italy and hope to observe, you know, some of the transportation and logistics that we see in each place and, you know, report back to our broker babes account and share <laughs> with our followers. Like, we'll be fine because we're so interested. Yeah, how the heck they do it out there? I know, it must be crazy, especially on like a lot of those in Italy and stuff, they have very narrow roads. So I can't imagine trying to like maneuver a truck anywhere near. It's all halt by donkey. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll report back because we don't know. Don't say that on the off chance that some Italian hears this, they're going to be waiting for you at the, at the airport. I wouldn't doubt if they have donkeys with cars hauling stuff up those roads. So (laughs) I'm waiting for you. (laughs) Um, yeah, we well, also have another trip uh, for Driver Appreciation Week, which is in September. We plan to go to the Iowa 80. Uh, like the, that's like the biggest, the truck, biggest stop. truck stop in the U.S. So, you know, that's on our agenda. So if any of you drivers are out there listening and going to be there for Driver Appreciation, you know, come snap a photo with us. Uh, we'll be there. That's super exciting. That sounds like it'd be a ton of fun. 
Yes. Can't we wait. We don't know what to expect. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone has some tips or, you know, some advice, <laughs> like, uh, just, we're excited. We just love getting out there and meeting our drivers. It just brings a whole nother facet to what we do. And, you know, there, we do have a lot of appreciation uh, for our drivers. Um, I'm curious what you guys think is the most beneficial quality that the other person brings to the, to the partnership. Hmm. Does that make sense? So what Laura brings and what I bring. I mean, so what do you, what do you think is the most positive aspect of, of Laura? and what she brings to your guys' partnership? Laura's a superstar. <laughs> I think that where where I lack, she fills in the gaps. You know, she's very level-headed and calm and very strategic, whereas, like, I could be a little bit more emotional and, like, you know, I can be the more aggressor. And so I feel like we have a great balance. I think that she's super organized. She, I mean, she brings a bunch of stuff to the table, but what really makes it work is that where I lack she you know she comes in and and that is really what makes a great partner is like where you have your faults the other person can really come in and step in and um you know make that whole yeah I I mean like I um had said before you can tell just by talking to you for the very short amount of time that I have that you guys have a ton of respect and a ton of love for each other and I think it's uh I think it's really awesome the way that you guys seem to connect so well. Yes, definitely. I feel like our energies and our personalities like combine really well. And that's why we're able to spend so much time together with, you know, living together, working together, just spending our free time at the gym together. You know, we share a lot of common friends and um, just overall, we have a great relationship and that, you know, feeds into our business and, are you know wanting to grow and you know make this thing like our career for you know forever till we retire what's the next big step for broker babes oh not booking loads no (laughs) (laughs) um you know we're trying to move in a lot of different directions and we're just trying to figure out you know what it is we like to do we're definitely leaning towards uh, mentoring people that are interested in being brokers. We have quite a few women that are reaching out to us and men that are reaching out to us. So we really like to, you know, focus on that and try to just produce great content for broker babes. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. We don't, we didn't have it figured out when we first started and decided to go in business and take this leap. And, you know, we're, we're still learning. So we're excited, uh, but hopefully, you know, good things are coming. How long have you guys been in business for? Since February 1st of 2018. Oh, so it's been a little a little while. You guys made it through the first year. and Yeah, yeah the first years. year. Yep. We made it through the first year. Just the stars aligned. You know, we were at a place where we decided to, you know, start this business together. Uh you know, women-owned freight brokerage, we work as agents. So what that means is we partnered with a larger 3PL and um, we still have the same, you know, luxuries of running your own business, but we have the backing of another company. So their insurance, their authority, things like that, their billing. Um, So they're the ones, you know, paying out our carriers. 
So for someone that's, you know, wanting to go out on their own and start their own business, I mean, it's a very expensive venture. So for us starting out as agents and partnering with someone uh, was a great move. And what was the like conversation like when you guys decided, because you guys were working together before you decided to leave and start the business, correct? Yeah, we were working together at um, a larger 3PL based in Scottsdale. And then we both kind of took different career paths or different routes for probably a year or so. And then, you know, ultimately our goal was to become agents and work together. It was just the timing. Um, And then, you know, we're just new year 2018 and we went for it. And, you know, we're definitely growing month over month and can't wait to kind of see like what the rest of the year holds for us and then the future as well. Well, I'm sure that is going to hold a lot of great things for you guys. You guys seem like uh, you not only really know what you're talking about, but that you have a lot of passion and drive behind you too. Um, So I'm super excited to keep following you anyways and seeing what's going on. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was awesome. And um, if you guys ever find yourself in the New Hampshire area, please feel free to uh, swing by the shop and I'll give you a tour and we can go out to lunch or something and, um, you know, it'd be nice to meet you guys in person. Yes, we would love that. Or if you ever come to Arizona, let us know. <laughs> you know, like, homebodies. <laughs> I'm I'm an actual homebody, not just a pretend homebody like you. I probably <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, guys. I hope you have a wonderful night. All right. Yeah, thank you, you too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank Laura and Miranda for coming on with me and um chatting and i'd like to thank you guys all for hanging out this long into the show i hope that you enjoyed it if you did and you'd like to learn more about the broker babes you can find them on instagram at broker babes and if you wanted to learn more about the shop or keep an eye on the podcast or just learn more about me and what we do here you can find us on instagram at a1autobodynh Thank you very much, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.